Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. And I'm Blessing. And I'm Kevin. So this week, Pastor Gary was talking about both examples in his own family's life, as well as current examples of times when we other people so much that we allow uh, and accept cruelty to happen to them. Uh, For his own family, he had many of his own family members killed in Auschwitz, uh, and currently what he was talking about was the mothers and children being separated at the U.S. border and talking about our biblical imperative to love and to care for people, especially for the stranger. Uh, and he was also going digging into a little bit of the Isaiah text where he was talking about how God is so powerful, he will turn the worlds upside down, uh, and he uses us to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, just thinking about how he started the sermon, he went to Luther's catechism to begin that and, the, and, and thinking about choosing Luther, right? It's Father's Day. So it's kind of like one of our, one, our founding yeah, yeah. father, right? So it's kind of really important to think about it that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, he didn't, he didn't just say, only put Luther on a, on a pedestal and say, you know, yeah. isn't, isn't he great? Uh, he looked at the, the catechism, which is mm-hmm. a, a foundational text of Lutheranism where Luther looks at things like the Ten Commandments and mm-hmm. interprets them, um, adding, kind of taking them beyond the, their level of simplicity. But um, but he also looks at um, the the good things that we've inherited from Lutheranism and the bad things. So um, and it's important to note that you know in the Lutheran tradition there is uh, a, a focus on God's love for all people and grace and for all people, and yet in in that human hypocrisy, while Luther has discovered this yeah. amazing grace through faith, he's, he was also very anti-Semitic, and, and that anti-Semitism was carried out through um, several hundred years of Lutheran tradition, maybe not in all Lutherans, but in, in many, you know, that that continued, um, as well as he noted a, a suppression of women in the church community and in church leadership. You know, it's it's only... Very recently in the yeah. timeline of, you know, all history, I, I think yeah. it was like 1985 or sometime in the 80s when women were allowed by the right. church in America to be ordained and be, right. which is great that they are now, but like, it's not, not that long ago, you yeah. know? So anyway, he notes those things, but regardless, through Luther's interpretation of the scripture, mm-hmm. we, we have been left with... This, I, I think, wonderful theology of how to do God's work in the world and and how to interpret Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the way in which he used it today is, re- is really important with right. what's going on in, in our society. And he, he, used, he used our Lutheran foundation and a scriptural foundation to make a point about yeah. what's happening today with treatment of people who are labeled as other in the United States, in our country. In particular, he, he points at, uh, Pastor Gray points at two commandments uh, from the Ten Commandments, right. which you may be familiar with. 
dear listener. And, uh, and then we look at how it's expanded on by Luther in the catechism. Any thoughts on those two commandments? And as you were saying, Luther's words about them, what, you, what was going through your mind? Pull up the small catechism. So while the original fifth commandment is just you shall not murder, um, how Martin Luther kind of expands it and pushes us farther is uh, we are to fear and love God so that we never endanger nor harm the lives of our neighbors, but instead help and support them in all of life's needs. And as for the eighth commandment, it originally says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So Luther's interpretation is we are to fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray or slander them, or destroy their reputation. Instead, we are to come to their defense, speak well of them, and interpret everything they do in the best possible light. So it's taking these kind of very simplistic, like, do not murder and expanding into something yeah. a little bit harder and a little bit pushing us to not just kill not kill somebody but avoid right. doing any harm to them and i think it's very interesting that the first words in, in each of those is fear and love god right because that is one of the the, the the commandments that jesus left us with like mm-hmm. always like you know love god first kind of thing so that is kind of like the basis that everything starts like do that and then you know, do all these other things as yeah. well yeah this way it, it kind of implies this way of treating people <laughs> right flows out of, of. your yeah. love for god and, and god's love through you you yes for yeah. people yeah 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 because yeah. i think pastor gary also just talked about that in the with the whole mustard seed that it's god does everything like through us Mm-hmm. So he needs us, like, uh, I think the example he used was with the sunlight is kind of like whatever will flow down to us to make everything grow and then everything else around become green and grow. So so I think I like that. Yeah. What, what I like in particular about how Luther expands on the commandment to not bear false witness is that when you, you know, in, in 2018, when you just kind of, when you just hear that commandment Mm -hmm. in the language makes it sound like almost as like you just shouldn't lie if you happen to be uh like in court like taking the (laughs) oath you know it's it's, that language sounds so formal to us right in 2018 that we tend to kind of put it in the box of that specific context yeah and luther takes it out of a specific context and really makes it pertain to all society and life so like instead of just like bearing false witness isn't just like a direct lie in like a legal setting it's you know whenever we contribute to or perpetrate or even like allow without speaking up someone else to say something that we know to be untrue about a group of people that's uh, a misperception you know some like specifically with today's message like things like that immigrants who come to this country are the idea that they should be feared or that there's there's something different about them or other or Mm -hmm. or inferior or something to be afraid of or that they're um you know leeching off of our prosperity and and all these things when we when we allow other people to continue those ideas and spread those ideas without saying anything yeah. and when we if we contribute to their spreading that is another form of bearing fal- false witness yeah. because 
Um, and the reason it's false is that we read in the gospel that these people are our brothers and sisters yeah. and they're, and we know that most immigrants are just trying to escape an unlivable situation. And if we were in their shoes, we would need the same mercy and acceptance yeah. extended to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it really makes me think differently yeah. about what it means to bear false witness. It makes me think of the phrase, um, silence is not neutral. Because mm. we mm. can so often kind of think, oh, if I'm not saying anything, I'm not um, contributing one way or the other. But it in fact isn't neutral. Right. It does. It helps just reinforce the existing power structures because you're not calling them out. And so people just assume you agree with them. Yeah. And I think it makes me think of Jesus and Peter. How Peter didn't, you know, he said, you'll deny me kind of thing. Like he didn't, he denied Jesus. Like at the end. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, that kind of thing. It's the false witness was that he didn't say he knew who Jesus was. So it's the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. If we, if we saying these people are not our brothers and sisters, we'll not stand up for them. It's kind of like we denying that relationship too. Absolutely. Peter's a great example, too, yeah. because it's not like, like Peter doesn't hate Jesus. Peter it's, doesn't want to do bad. Exactly, right. He's, he's like, clearly he loves Jesus, yeah. but he's just afraid. Exactly. He's afraid of the right. powers that be and what's going to happen to him yeah. mm-hmm. if he claims that relationship. That relationship. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I wonder how many of us, both us in this room and us at Advent and us in the church, can identify with Peter in that scenario where... We, we do genuinely sympathize with the victims of oppression in our country, but saying or doing something in a way that sticks our necks out yeah. can feel scary. Often, it, for speaking from my own perspective, it just feels like right. how and I don't have time, and which sounds crappy, but a lot of times that that's what it is. That's the thought process and which i think is why we need to hear a sermon like the one today i know and i think which which makes me think like i think i need to read all of the the small catechism thing because it really Mm -hmm. made me think like differently right Mm -hmm. because like i said earlier that do not murder is is kind of easy like none of us are going to go kill someone but when you actually read that nuance it just like brings it closer to home like what that actually means you know for us in our day-to-day like living yeah like all those commandments that in those interpretations like luther's interpretations yeah um for sure expanding on them you know kind of and how they apply to my life makes it very real yeah yeah maybe we should do a a throwback study and (laughs) i studied that in in middle school as part of confirmation class but they weren't I, I remember everything just ending up being like, be nice to people at school or something like that. Like, I honestly, I wish they had like made us more woke about what it like, what yeah. it meant in society. Like we never talked about that stuff when I was a teenager, like yeah, injustice and, and really taking God's vision of the world as expressed through Jesus right. to its full extent yeah. in how we love our neighbors. But we can do it now. Or I can do it now, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there tends to be kind of um, the spectrum between like 
personal sin and structural sin that mm. churches tend to fall kind of more on one side than the other, focusing mm-hmm. on like personal sin that you're committing in your daily life yeah. versus structural sin, right. like larger yeah, yeah, injustices in the world. And so I definitely agree, like in my church growing up, it was very kind of personal sin. It's like, what can you do to be mm. better, to not right. sin, to do that kind of stuff versus like, how do we take on the larger injustices in the world? Yeah. yeah and I think that's, that's kind of like, where I was like a, a couple years ago and it was kind of like I, I needed to do this like uh, to do like this deep delve into myself like where am I what should I change in my life but then okay you come yeah. to that point like you figure out kind of like what you need to do um, but then it's like what's next right so then you, I think you have to be in that place that then challenges you to do the what's next which is let me go out in the world and and do all these other things mm. you know like um, I guess yeah. be more woke <laughs> <laughs> about the world to use a modern <laughs> yeah <buzzword>. exactly <laughs> you know and uh and do stuff like that's outside of yourself like more the structural like you're saying yeah like you know like really try and address the structural sin versus your own personal sin yeah because that gets kind of old you know after a while it's like all right so yeah i should not do this i should yourself. not do that yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah 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 and and knowing some of the stuff that you've been up to lately like you you have gone beyond yourself. Yeah, and I think I felt like I've been challenged people. to do so. Yeah. 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 So. Which is awesome. It's interesting because I, I think like in, in last week's podcast or the week before, we were talking a, a little bit about that spectrum from a focus on personal sin mm. and structural sin. And we were talking about how in our, in our view, particularly uh, like newer non-denominational churches will tend to focus on personal sin right. or like creating good relationships with it within personal relationships within yeah. your immediate circles or within that church community, but not really beyond it. Not, mm-hmm. not in society or beyond not thinking about like, who aren't we including in our church community, right. you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas in the, the evangelical Lutheran church in America in particular, there's a sh- much stronger yeah. focus on systemic. Right. Uh, and I remember, but we, I remember we were talking like, we don't want to only live there because it's important to then see take individual responsibility for how you're part exactly, of the system right. because making it only systemic then can take all responsibility off you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, which definitely. is nice and and convenient, but um, and not not the full picture. Yeah, we don't want to make it a get out of jail free card kind of situation. <laughs> Them, not us, yeah, not me. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I know, doing it. <laughs> like people who are um, yeah. part of what I would view as more conservative churches have have kind of. Um, sent that charge at the liberal church of like right. you you know you make it all about these issues but you don't then you can do whatever you want yes in terms of your own and you know m- those charges tend to be more lifestyle based mm-hmm. too because a lot of times the conservative church has takes issue with more personal choices yeah whether that be like a lifestyle of drinking or mm-hmm. things that are m- go much deeper than lifestyle and like identities that are that we know are very real, mm-hmm. but conservative church can't handle like yeah you know um, accepting an, an identity as a LGBTQ person or um, you know reaching clarity about what gender you are and things right. like that. But anyway, I digress, and I and I really want to circle back to today's point and focus on what's happening today. Yeah, with immigration how we treat 
people who are uh, have been othered in this country, people who are new to this country, because it, it is really weighing on my heart. And I think Pastor Gary did a great job of connecting the catechism, connecting our mm-hmm. Lutheran tradition, connecting scripture to what we as the church need to be doing in this moment and what we need to be saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you guys agree? I mean, what do you what do you think? Uh, I think it was Jeff Sessions who is kind of overseeing this program and was doing a press conference about it. What I think quoted Paul in right. talking about mm-hmm. how this was biblical. So mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of pushback from churches saying like you are really, really cherry picking there and this isn't biblical. And I think we really need to kind of stand and push back on that foundation of saying like, no, this is wrong for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes against everything we know about what Jesus and God stands for. (laughs) You know, just like, even in that, just like little small, like stand, you know, like without like going and really examining the text like anything that's causing harm and, and distress amongst families, separating people, I don't think anywhere would God advocate for that. You know, God is about love and unity and togetherness, not separation and distress. And, you know, so I, I totally like, disagree that it, the Bible should be used in any way or form to justify something that totally seems to be against what God and Jesus stand for. Yeah. I agree. And and I think what's crazy is I think that like the the non the the growing non-religious community in America like <laughs> agnostics and atheists yeah. would agree like I think that's the stuff that makes them right. look at the Christian church and being like can you see how hypocritical you are? Like even like basic even basic Amer- like the American standard like basic non-religious mm-hmm. like decent human decency. Right. Yeah, yeah says that like separating families that ripping people out of their homes is not a kind thing to do Mm -hmm. and i think when when people who believe that look at christians who are advocating for doing that yeah i look in just complete disappointment and what's the word i'm looking for disillusionment at like how how can you believe in a loving God and right. also condone this? Uh, yeah, and it's such a it's such an act of othering mm-hmm. to say those people and those children are so different than me and my children that I will put them. Th- I am okay with them going through this horrific experience. When I think about the Lutheran Church. And, and what action people are taking. And I know they have the sanctuary churches, right? That people can go and, and be in those churches so that you know, it's a safe, safe space, you know, that people won't, hopefully immigration or ICE won't come and you know, tear the people out of the churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like something very positive. But then again, um, I don't know enough about the law, the actual law, you know, like and where it stands, but I know Obama before had the whole Dreamers Act, which was trying to have everybody be legal, like mm-hmm, in the country mm-hmm. via that route. So, yeah. So, so I, th- I think they are things that can be done, but whoever's in power chooses not to do them. Yeah. So, for how sanctuary churches work um, is 
ICE has some guidelines mm-hmm. that aren't set in law of places they shouldn't go into, right. um, c- kind of called sensitive locations, mm-hmm. uh, one of which is churches. Yeah. Um, and then... So it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, like they're more like guidelines. Yeah. Than, except like way more... <laughs> but can they come in? Um, yes, but um, but then it's also it is still a private place, right. uh, and so pe- um, pastors can ask ICE to leave. Leave, right? Okay. Um, yeah. both from like inside the church as well as like out on the church yeah. doorsteps, mm-hmm. which Pastor Gary has done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've ever since he told me that I I mention it at every opportunity because i think it's important for advent members to know that like that has happened wow yeah this is not just abstract and new york city is supposed to be a sanctuary Sanctuary city City as well yeah but there as i'm sure you guys have read in the news there have been several major major ice Mm -hmm. raids in the city in the Mm -hmm. last couple Mm -hmm. um weeks and months yeah uh and then going into the dreamers that's it's only targeting a very small group yeah. of people. Um, partly it's time limited on when children were brought here, but then also the requirements to be considered a quote-unquote dreamer mm-hmm. is like um, you can't have any criminal record and all of these different like really high bars. So it's basically you have to have been a perfect citizen right. it's to qualify. It's also very narrow, yeah. Yeah, to qualify for this. So that makes it kind of where we're still, we're like, oh, we'll give them leniency because they're course. the good immigrants yeah, instead good versus yeah. the bad immigrants, which is a really false dichotomy. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I, and I agree. I mean, I, I can hear mm-hmm. the chatter of someone being like, not having a criminal record doesn't seem like a high, a high bar. So A, there are probably there are more requirements than that. And B, because of just my family history and the color of my skin and my lineage, I there's no bar set for me to be here. Yeah. There's nothing. I know, right? Yeah. I can do anything. And that let's not even get into the fact that, that yeah. being a white male, that there are so many laws that I can, little laws that I can break. Um, whether it be mm-hmm. trespassing, speeding drug use caring any of those things where like just yeah. i can it's so easy for me to smile and be like sorry officer and i and those you know yeah i'm will be likely to be granted leniency right and um and not even and never even be labeled as a criminal let alone the fact that if i do have an infraction on my record that it doesn't mean i have to leave the country forever yeah and yeah, it's a, the standard is, there's a vast chasm between those two, being in those two places in our country. Mm-hmm. Legal status and being a U.S. citizen is a really, really huge determination of what rights you get and don't get. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And who's invited to, to be a U.S. citizen versus who isn't mm-hmm. also kind of like shapes, you know, the the... The whole picture in the country. So um, it seems like we're all in agreement on like the the theology and the yeah. the ethics of it. But I do wonder then, like, well, then what do we do? Yeah. Like I've read about what's hap- the treatment and conditions right. in these detention centers that shocks and terror and appalls me. But like, 
are, are we going to go drive down there and like rescue some people? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, but I have half a mind to. Their detention centers in New Jersey, like right. on the border is not the only place that we are detaining people. Um, if anybody in the New York area is interested, there's an organization called uh, First Friends New York, New Jersey, uh, that go um, does regular visits down to detention centers in New Jersey from people located in the New York, New Jersey mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, even I mean, I know as a as a Lutheran church, we're always taking action on something. So I'm sure yeah. if we just do the little research, there must be like a broader, you know, something that's happening on this issue. Yeah, well. within the Lutheran church. Yeah, within well, the Lutheran church, yeah. yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, I know they're just talking at the end of the service today that the ELCA advocacy office located in D.C., has released talking points and yeah. I'm sure is involved as well as Lutheran Immigration Refugee Service on advocating on the Hill. Mm-hmm. We can always like write and talk yeah. to our senators or representatives about this issue. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's good action for us. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Those are a lot of things. And I think uh, having contacted my representatives about a variety of issues, you know, because... Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to say that, you know, being in New York, it just it just happens that a lot of times when I call my representatives, they agree with me on the particular uh, issue I'm true. calling about. Yeah. And that and at first that was kind of disheartening of like, okay, they're already on it. Like my call doesn't mean anything. But that's not true. The the I've come si- since come to realize that the call matters because mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's human nature to give the most importance to whatever whatever we're hearing the most about you know so like among all the different issues that a representative can be focusing on you know it's human nature to give the most attention to the one that's getting that's being put in front of you the most and um even if we agree on a number of issues the one they're hearing about the most will get the most yeah will be likely to get more action and it's also possible to say, like, it's great that you agree, but, like, you, you need to be doing more. Mm-hmm. Like, how hard are you working on this? And, yeah, and that, that's very much worth saying. Yeah, we can kind of assume that it's just a binary, oh, they yes. agree with this or they don't agree with this. But there's, it's not just that it's even if they agree with us how much are they doing how much are they speaking out how much are they working with other people to mobilize around this issue which is another level of engagement with something Mm -hmm. yeah it it also getting calls strengthens their argument because then they can go to whatever committee and say or you know whatever hearing or vote and say like 20,000 people have called me about yeah, this, yeah. you know, and, and that strengthens their position, even right. if you help hold the same position by, so you're, you're not just making a demand, but you're making a call of support yeah. in a way and yeah. saying like, that's great that you're working on. I support you and I want you to be doing more. And then they can, you know, yeah. go to their fellow representatives and communicate that support from their constituency. Yeah. You know, as as we've been talking about this, I, I was just thinking of like the, you know, when we were going through the points of Pastor Gary's um, sermon, 
you know, the like kind of the Ezekiel text, right? Like how he'll turn everything around and he'll use us to do that. So this mm-hmm. is kind of our charge and responsibility, right? To stand up and take action. So God will use us to turn the situations around. But we as the people of faith have to take that first step and go out and actually do something in order for God to use us to do it. So I see that as like, you know, part of the charge of who we are and what we have to do um, in, I guess, letting God live out his word through us. Amen. What's <laughs> so, what happens. So I know. So I'm like totally like, oh, my God, this is my responsibility. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Let's get to it. I completely it. feel it. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations, to join in the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.